On this episode of Vinyl Analysis, Columbus guitar legend Mark Chatfield. The live music scene in, in Columbus is still one of the strongest in the United States. I've been around the United States, and I see what other cities have, and they don't. It's never going to be the same as it was. It's just, it's just not. When there was a Gods, when there was Rosie, when there was the Muffs. It was a scene. different. Final analysis. I'm your host, Arch Madness. As always, my main man, Greg Hansberry, the yo, producer. Yo, yo, what yo, is yo. happening, brother? Not much. So, it, Greg, go ahead. This is this is this is uh this is thick, meaty, and juicy. So all three, we have, all three, right? Probably not in that order, or maybe it is. Sounds like my first wife. Right. <laughs> Come on, dude, you're not that old. <laughs> so, uh, Greg, if you could, before I even get into this story. Uh, tell the peeps, I mean, as far as subscribing, listening, downloading, how, how do they Vinyl they Analysis is the podcast for 70s and 80s yeah. hard rock discussion. Subscribe at your favorite podcasting uh, platform, your apps, whatever it is, you you know, your favorite one. Uh, uh, and it's also the grassroots effort, Arch. You know, share with all your rock and roll buddies. You uh, know, that's what yeah, we ask, ask you yeah. to do. We ask you to rate and review us because when movement. you... It's a movement, man. When you review us on iTunes or whatever... It helps other people find us. It just kind of helps helps the scene grow. Uh, we're also on Instagram, Facebook, QFM's, uh, QFM96.com, the website, and the QFM app. We be everywhere, dude. I'm digging we're, it. We're like uh, we're like Stephen Tyler. <laughs> or, or, I was <laughs> going to say Johnny Cash. Yeah, well, I mean, he's everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, okay. Yeah. In, yes. a, in a better way. Right, right. So, so here's the deal. Now, who could forget Pantera, Dimebag, and the Al Rosa Villa? It was our five-part series uh, that we put together. Uh, that last December, and remember the celebration. Of, well, it was um, on the 15th anniversary of, of, of the shootings, of the that, shootings happened. that happened. With but, Dime. But on on the other side of that, I mean, it was a it was a celebration. It was a celebration of that music, but it was also a celebration of this venue here in Columbus, which Ohio. represents a huge, cool scene of movement Man, of rock and roll in Columbus. Legendary. Little did we know. Little did we know. And and as we're recording this and releasing this, the Al Rosa Villa goes up. For sale. We see like a, a Facebook ad. Soga that, sent it to us yeah, first. Yeah. Rick Soga, who appeared on that show. And uh, we're like, oh shit. What? The roast is for sale. Yeah. So so check this out. So now, and and, and we've discussed about the, the Al Rosa's history as far as the bands that play there, the, the, the local flavor and, and just the incredible scene that it was in Columbus. And I, as, as I'm doing my due diligence, I, we encourage you to go back and listen if you haven't. Please do. It's in the Vinyl Please Analysis do. Archives. So we, we talk about the gods, uh, Rosie, right? Who well, are these bands out of Columbus who've started this whole scene. So Rosie is actually going to play... The last show ever. Now, we don't know really the, the story of how this is all going to end, 
with the Al Rosavilla, but this is the way it's being billed. And, and there's word that it's been sold. It's, yes. I mean, it's done. But no one really knows. We don't know. No one really knows. So it's Rosie, the end of an era at the Al Rosavilla. And there's going to be, they had one night in particular, which was Saturday, May 2nd, sold out almost immediately, right? So they added that Friday, May 1st. Well, Rosie has this 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 guitarist, Mark Chatfield. He was in Rosie. He was in The Gods. This is a cat that's been in the Silver Bullet Band for Bob Seger since 1983, cool. right? And when you say Columbus musicians, as far as uh, the top of the food chain, I mean, we're talking guys who made it, guys who made a living, guys who made a name for themselves, uh, guitarist Mark Chatfield is is that motherfucker. Awesome. If you know what I'm talking about. He is the guy that everybody always refers to. And I don't care what your scene is. I don't care if you're what what kind of rock or whatever you're into. Everyone well, he also he also played for Bob, uh, Michael Bolton. So yeah. I mean you can see his his depth, man. Yes, this guy is he's the man. So he's he is the the heart and soul of uh, of Rosie and and we have a chance to talk to him, Greg. So I reached out to Mark Chatfield and I said, "Look, man, number one, we want to do our podcast from there on that Saturday, the we final, will. the final night of the Al Rosa Villa. Well, that's a hell of a tease. The the uh, knights of the Rock Table will be gathering, right? And he's like, "That's at cool, the Arch. Al Rosa." So he the gave last us clearance, clearance day that they're open. Clearance. So we're so we're allowed to do that. And I, so then I reached out to Mark and I said, "All right, so that's all fine and dandy. I really want to talk to you, man. I want to talk about what's going to happen at the Al Rosa as far as these two shows." Uh, with the band Rosie. And I wanted to kind of get a little history, too, because honestly, what we love to do here is I, is is to document and, and to put stuff into, what would it, you know what I mean? These podcasts are, they're a vault, Greg. They're a yeah, vault. They're you, kind of a time, what, did you did you do time those? capsule? Yeah, the time yeah, yeah, capsule. Yeah, yeah. Did you right. ever do those? Yeah, yeah, right sure. Yeah, so, I, they haven't opened them yet, but yes. Right, well, don't, don't, because I think it's bad luck. Oh, I don't know they? how that works. No. But so this is we're, we we wanted to reach out to Mark Chatfield and just kind of pick his brain on on how this is all going to go down in that first week of May, and so we, we're going to call him, dude. Well, Let's do it, and it's it's cool, man, because like I said, the guy is not only Columbus rock history. This guy he he's the man. So this this spans. So for everyone listening in Texas and everyone listening. Uh, on the East Coast and everyone, li- you know what I mean, Greg? I think people are going to dig this. And people are traveling to this show. This just isn't a Columbus thing. I'm reading online. People are traveling to come and see this final show at the Al Rosa Villa. And they're coming to see Rosie. And this is this is going to be a really cool thing. So I say we give old Mark Chatfield a buzz. Hello. Hey, Mark. It's Archie. Archie, how are you? I'm good, man. What's up, Mark? How are you, man? Good, Greg. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking the time, brother. I appreciate this on, on, on short notice, my man. Oh, you're quite welcome. So, so Mark, here's the deal. Rosie, the end of an era. Uh, this show is happening at the Al Rosa Villa, and it was Saturday, May 2nd. Uh, we, you've since added Friday, May 1st. It sold out. And if you can, man, this, this story has so many layers. How did, just to start us off... How did this get going? You know, as a lot of Columbus people know, you know, Rosie hasn't really been a band for a long time. And then, then we would, you know, every year, two years, we'd get together and do reunion shows. And um, due to scheduling and, and some other stuff, we haven't played for the last five years. Um, I, I was aware that the Al Rosa was for sale, and uh, Johnny and Diane approached me about, um, you know, maybe we could do a Rosie thing there. 
And I asked them, I said, well, when is the, when are the final dates? And at that point they weren't really sure. And I said, well, you know, if it could be May 1st and 2nd, I think I can put this together because most of us don't, you know, most of us live in different States. So scheduling is a, um, scheduling is tricky with this. So, um, Diane was meeting with somebody um, about about the club purchase, which I don't know anything about, um, but texted me and said, May 1st and 2nd are yours if you want them. And uh, so I started contacting rosy people, and everybody cleared their schedules and said, yeah, let's do it. So basically, it, it, it is, you know, 99.9% sure the last time that Rosie's going to play together and uh, and it will be the final dates at the Al Rosa, as far as I know, and from what they've told me. I mean, it, it kind of goes hand in hand, and it, and it makes sense. I, I've performed there with other bands. Uh, you know, the Gods played there quite a bit in the the version that that I I was in involved in with um, with Eric Moore, Freddie Salem, and uh, and Kevin Valentine. Uh, we played there quite a bit in the uh, in the later '80s, uh, but. But Rosie was really the band. I mean, Rosie started playing there when, before the Al Rosa was even the big Al Rosa. The small Al Rosa was just a bit bigger than what the very front bar is. Right. Um, and what had happened is, I mean, we were we were playing there and selling out, you know, full capacity as many nights as we wanted to play in a row there. And this is, you know, this is like 1980, 81. And... Um, so Rick decided to uh, to enlarge the club. To uh, well, actually, it was it was Al. Al was you know was Al, bless his heart, was yeah. still alive then. And uh, Al and Rick and Diane and Johnny, I think, got together and decided to add on to the to the club to uh, to accommodate our audience. <laughs> Isn't that something, man? And, <laughs> you outgrew it, the it, venue, it man. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, if you could now, Mark, if you could. Talk about how that whole transition happened as far as uh, the band Rosie. I mean, uh, we, you, 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 what year are we talking? Because I can remember, I remember seeing Precious Metal like in the record stores and, and stuff, but we, like from the gods to Rosie, how did that transition, how did that get started for you? Okay, well, in, in 1979, uh, early 79, um, Bob Hill and Glenn Catline both decided to leave the gods after we'd done our second album and it didn't do so well. And, um, they had just kind of had enough. There's more reasons than I want to get into about it, but they left. So Eric and I hired, um, Rick Hall and Bob Catapano, uh, who I knew from Columbus. They were both in a band called Cornerstone. They were the house band that, uh, at what was the underground then on campus. And um, both really great musicians, and I'd known Bob for a long, long time. And uh, so they became new members of the gods. And it, it once again, for more reasons than I want to talk about, it wasn't going so well. Eric ended up breaking his leg and uh, had to sit down and play. And it was just, you know, it was fizzling quickly. Well, during that period, Bob and, and, uh, uh, Bob and Rick and I, had started writing some songs on our own and Eric wasn't coming to sound checks anymore. So I bought a bass and, uh, and I was playing bass at the sound checks and we were, you know, doing these songs, some of, some of which Rosie still does to this day. 
Wow. As a matter of fact, sorry, I forgot your name, which is on the second QFM hometown album. Right, was nice. right. That was originally going to be a God song, uh, but the gods broke up. So Bob and uh, Bob and um, Rick and I uh, left the band, and we hired their bass player Dennis Craig, and uh, and we formed what was then called Street Heart. So the very first the very first road, the very first street heart gig was at the Sugar Shack, and it must have been uh, New Year's Eve between 1979 and 1980. Another legendary and venue. Another legendary venue. Yeah, boy, the stories uh, that place could tell. Yeah, that's um, that's that's, that's but, what I hear. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. and, 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 and they're all true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we did that. We did that gig, and then we. Um, Bob, uh, Bob and I were the main singers and guitar players in that band, but we decided we needed a singer, so we hired a guy named Butch Trinkle, uh, and that's really his name, um, <laughs> from, uh, from, from Washington, D.C., who was actually a, he was a roadie for somebody, uh, Artful Dodger or somebody like that. And somebody through somebody else knew him, and he came in and, and sang with the band for a while. Then that whole thing kind of fizzled. Uh, it, it just bad time for everybody so rick and bob left the band during that period there was a band out of based out of atlanta called smoking that had been playing in columbus a really really good band and but carl and bobby and robert west were all in that band oh wow along with a guitar player named john level john level and they were doing really good they were really really a good band but we heard Dennis stuck with me and we heard through the grapevine that they broke up. So we, uh, I reached out to, uh, I believe Bobby who reached out to Carl and they were aware of us also and said, you know, you want to come to Columbus and try this out. And that had to be the summer of 1980. I believe it was the summer of 80. And I know it was the summer, early summer because we used to rehearse it at what was Sound Advocate uh, down on South High Street. That was a big sound company that's now turned into, um, uh, oh, what are they called? Um, that Rusty Rainey and um, uh, uh, Steve Quinn own. Um, uh, live live Tech. Live te- oh, okay. Usually my answer is uh, a CVS. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Parking uh, lot. So anyway, um, they had this big old, this big old building uh, down on South High Street. And uh, that's where they stored all this stuff, had a retail store. But they, they had, I'm just telling this because it's kind of a funny story. Um, there was the, the up, very, very upstairs of this old building that nobody ever went to. And they were nice enough to say, yeah, you guys can, you know, like practice here. Oh, if cool. You want. Yeah. So we had to run extension cords way up there and, and, a, and a light bulb. We had a light bulb. That's how we saw. And, 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 Plugged everything in, turned on, and all of a sudden we hear this fluttering, and we are flooded with bats. All oh, the man. No way. And, and, and we are freaking out. And Bobby had these 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 tom-toms that didn't have bottom heads on them, so we stuck these tom-toms on our heads and tried to get, <laughs> get, get away from the bats. It was like you know, it was like that scene in Indiana Jones where all the bats come out. It was pretty uh, – it's funny now. It wasn't too funny. I, bet, I was going to say, man, that was probably pretty terrifying at the uh... – it, it, Terrifying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're not Black it's Sabbath. Well. This was Rosie right, getting right, together right. here, right? Was, yeah, exactly. Right? That'd be lunch for Ozzy. <laughs> That'd be lunch right? for Ozzy. You know, I, I, you know, I thought Eric Moore must have put a curse on me or something. But <laughs> anyway, 
Um, uh, so anyway, that's that's how Rosie came about, and Rosie stayed in that version for a long time. Um, we, you know, we started doing the Al Rosa, doing really, really well there. We were playing at the Agora then. Um, I don't believe it was the Newport yet. And here, here comes the next part of the story. We, and this is how the hometown album thing kind of came about. Um, we were playing, we were set up and playing at the Agora. And there was this big battle of the bands national thing coming in the next night. And they were short one band for some reason. And Columbus, they said, you guys want to be in it? We did not want to be in it. We didn't sign up for it. We didn't want to do it. Our manager talked us into it. So we did it and we won. <laughs> um, and, uh, everybody, you know, well, we we did it and we won. So we ended up uh, a few months later going to a national one uh, with all the bands that had won from around the United States, probably, you know, mid 40 some odd bands. It was a three day event in Fort Lauderdale on a stage out on the beach. It looked like, you know, like a big MTV kind of event you would have down there. And it was put on by McCarthy hosted. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) It was put on by some company that I can't remember the name, but they own Del Monte and a bunch of stuff. So um, we won that one. We won the National Battle of the Bands. And, uh, I mean, unbeknownst to us, we were like the second band on the first day. I think we played at like 1030 in the morning. And uh, and we won it. So anyway, what that got us, well, we first off, we signed with a booking agent in Florida at that, at that time and decided to stay down there and play, do the bar circuit down there for a while. And, uh, because it was spring break also. And yeah. I got we you. Were young, we don't need and, to explain you know, that. Right. Right. Yeah. Thank Big you. Okay. Type pants. We got it. <laughs> yeah, I got you. We would have paid them to stay. Anyway. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, we, what we got out of that was supposed to be, uh, back when people still bought 45s, we were supposed to get a, a single, you know, record a single out of it was part of our prize package. And our manager uh, negotiated them doing an, a, an EP for us. So when we, we went to Atlanta to do this this EP, and we got a call from, from Q saying, you know, we're doing this second, um, you know, the second hometown album. We'd love you to be on it. And, you know, we said, well, we're in the studio. We'll record the song for you. And so we recorded Sorry, I Forgot Your Name. And and that ended up on the uh, the second hometown album. Also during that period, um, that's when the Al Rosa had enlarged, and we were down playing in Florida, and we couldn't even do the grand opening of the of the of the club. Uh, McGuffey Lane did it. I think it's the only time they ever played at the Al Rosa Villa. Is that and, it uh, really? Because I wondered about that. Because that that was the that's the one show, right? Yeah. The one show, and, and it's because we couldn't come up and do it. They don't we seem like an Al Rosa type of band. Right. Yeah. No, no, not at all. They were they're, they're very much, a, you know, it was like when the gods were around, you know, the gods were the Agora band, and McCuffey Lane was the Zacharias band. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's the way it was. Um, but that's kind of how all that happened. During that transition, uh, things weren't working out very well with Dennis, Dennis Craig, bless his heart. And we ended up bringing in Robert West uh, from from Smoking, to who had been playing down right. in Florida. And those guys said, you know, I think he'll come do it. So he uh, he he came to see us play a bunch in Florida, and so it was just a, it was just the right fit. Then we brought in a rhythm guitar player named Jay Chesbro for a, for a short period of time. He didn't work out, and everybody just loved Ed Means. 
And Ed and I were friends above and beyond the band, and he was in Sweet Cheeks then. And, uh, you know, we offered him a job, and I think probably made everybody in Sweet Cheeks very mad. But he um, he took the job, and that's how Rosie ended up being Rosie, the way the way it kind of sits now. It, it it went on after that to some different people. There was even a point that there was even a point when I was not in Rosie anymore. And oh. uh, uh, well, first off, I, I left in two thousand or nineteen eighty late eighty two to go play with Bob Seger. My first tour with him was eighty three, and uh, then I came back to the band after I did the Seger tour. Then I played with Michael Bolton for several months, and uh, then when that was over, I came back and did Rosie again, and then we had a big falling out, and I wasn't in the band for uh, for several years, and went back to play with play with the gods. So we're talking to uh, Mark Chatfield here, and, and, and Mark, if uh, and I probably took up your whole podcast. No, 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 not that's at all. The best not part all. about this, no. we could go as long as we want. No, no, that's the beauty <laughs> okay. of the podcast. We're only one okay. beer deep in our six. Yeah, pack, I'm only one Mark. beer We're deep. All right. I haven't We're good. even opened my second <laughs> beer yet. Mark. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm glad you're still awake. <laughs> right, right. So, but so when when you guys made this announcement, as far as the uh, the Rosie, the end of an era, uh, May second at the Al Rosa, and I'm I'm looking online, and I'm going, I'm I'm on YouTube, I'm I'm just I'm Goog, I'm just checking out what everybody has to say, and. Mm-hmm. You know, we we talk about Rosie and we we talk about the Al Rosa and this this being a, a Columbus thing. But Mark, I, did you have you seen some of the responses? I mean, this is not just a Columbus thing; it's an Ohio thing, and it's beyond as well that people want to be a part of this this event that's happening. I think that's a tribute to to you guys as well, man. It, it absolutely is, and, and and ironically, one of one of uh, one of one of your old jocks, Sue Wiggins, is coming in. She's coming oh, right in from on. Phoenix. Legend I, I here in town. I talked to Sue quite a bit and uh, just love her to death. And actually on the Rosie Live album, she's the one that announces the band on there. That's a good piece uh, of trivia. Yeah. That's a good piece there of trivia. Go. So she's coming in, from, uh, she's coming in from, from Phoenix for the show. And then Bobby called me and he said, you know, there's people that are canceling plans. And, you know, when there's one or two people that say something on, on your Facebook page, you know, that's one or two people. You can't take that to heart. But when, you know, when it's starting to be dozens of people, then, then you have to kind of pay attention. We, we didn't know. We thought, you know, we thought this was going to do good. You know, we knew it would do good because when, when we played the other place the past couple of um, uh, past couple of reunions, it did really good. I mean, we had a great time. We a lot of people. So we knew it would do good. We didn't know that it would do this good. Yeah. Um, this is, this is way better than good, way better than we expected. Uh, we're in uncharted waters right now, though backtracking, uh, you know, in the old days, we could play there on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night and have capacity every night back then. But all of that kind of stuff all over the United States, not just Columbus, that kind of stuff doesn't really exist much anymore. Well, right. unfortunately, I mean, even anything at the Al Rosa now is is a tough draw. So I think this is, yeah, you know, you hate to use the word perfect storm, but it, it's, it truly it's, is. It really is. It's, it's an just, epic it's moment. A, a giant celebration. It, 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 it absolutely is. And, and that's, you know, that's, well, that that's kind of why we're doing it. It's, uh, you know, it's Rosie's 40-year anniversary also, which we didn't realize for a while uh, until somebody brought it up. But you know, the, the two go hand in hand and, um, it's, uh, 
uh, it, it's sorry. You know, we're all very sorry to see the club go. Um, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that somebody's not going to buy it and reopen it under another name. I have no idea. That's really none of my business. Okay. Well, I kind of heard. You know what? There was, I, you know, in my circle of uh, friends. Oh yeah. Because I, I, no, huh? I no, no, not this is. I'm not starting this. And Mark will 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 not have this. But I, I remember someone saying, "Man, Chatfield should buy it." So yeah, he's gonna. Are you, yeah. are, do you have so something anyway, to announce was, right here no, no, on vinyl no, analysis? I don't think Mark. he has anything to announce. But I just I remember somebody you know, saying, "Man, I, Chatfield should buy that." I, I have been a business owner many times. I, I've owned, uh, you know, I owned my guitar store for twenty two mm-hmm. years, and um, my wife and I also owned owned um, a, a cupcake bakery and a restaurant in in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and. Um, I'm done being a business owner. <laughs> gotcha. No, I feel like right on, ass, right I'm on sure. I wasn't trying last, to. The last thing I want to own is a rock and roll bar. Trust me. In Columbus. <laughs> that would be pretty badass, though, if you bought it, though, bro. Archie gotta, and I would quit our jobs I would and, probably and run quit. it for I would you. Do so, I, would, I would, yeah. I'd, I'd, do, I'd work for you, man. I'll do sound, well, and Archie will yeah. promote it. It would be, you know, it, I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I that I considered it for just a minute. But, yeah. you know, I, I would... Uh, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no. What, what did it? What What has it meant? And obviously, you, you've told us some great stories there. But it, when, when someone, if you know, if you're out out on the West Coast or something, and someone brings up the Al Rosa to you, I mean, how do you? What What do you say? What do you say, Mark? I mean, how do you explain something that was so special to to all of us? Well, you know, that's it, it's um, it's one of those things where. You try really, really hard, but if people weren't there, you know, it's hard to explain. You know, the shenanigans that went on there, the amount of people that used to come out and things like that, it's a thing that you had to experience. And you can tell people till they're blue in the face, and and they they still don't – they get it, but they don't 100% get it. It it doesn't quite mean – it means way more to the people that were actually there than it does to the people that, that weren't like, you know, I, I try to tell, tell my, uh, my, my stepdaughters about it and it's like, eh, okay. <laughs> right. 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 And it's, I think it's cool also because there's just, there's, there's these different eras of it. You know, I wasn't a part of, of that one, but with the, the more the, the metal scene that was kind of trickling through there in, in the late eighties and through the nineties, that's, that's when, I was, you know, a, 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 that was when I was there a lot well, in, in the back and, parking you know, lot, I mean, Mark. And great, like, like you know, bands like Boba Flex, you right. know, that great band, right, man. You know, I, I love those guys, mm-hmm. and you know, they drew really, really, they were drawn really, really well there. And um, I maybe Sound Auction or somebody like that. I don't know what they're called. Noise Auction. Noise Auction. I yeah, think they were, I think they were doing okay there. Um, so I mean. The live music scene in, in Columbus is still one of the strongest in the United States, regardless of what anybody says, because wow. I've, I've, I've been around the United States, you know, the past couple of years, and I see what other cities have, and they don't. They don't. Austin, That's amazing to hear you say Austin's that. A, you know, Austin is an ex- is a, Nashville and Austin are, are two, you know, exceptions. Right. But Columbus, you know, and I know that it's it's never going to be the same as it was. It's ju- It's just not. When... When there was a gods, when there was Rosie, when there was the Muffs slash Money, Black Leather Touch, you know, all those bands like that, it, it was a whole different. It was just it, it was a scene different. 
It was a scene, it was, Mark. It was the scene. I mean, you know, on a when I did my 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 fun band called Lovehead, we used to play at Hot Peppers. We didn't we played on Tuesday night. We didn't even start till eleven o'clock. <laughs> and, you that. know, and most places that are smart now close by that time. Right. Um, yeah. Right. It's, 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 it's just different. And I mean, some of the things that 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 Rosie that Rosie did during that period for being a local band. I, I mean, I don't know if you're aware, but you know, your station uh, basically shut down all advertisers and everything New Year's Eve of 1981 into 1982. We did. We were simulcast live from the Al Rosa on New Year's Eve. That's awesome. On oh, radio man. Oh, that's, that's a good old the, days yeah, even for radio. Yeah, man. I just that gives me yeah. chills thinking about stuff yeah, like that, I mean, man. Local band local bands don't do that. <laughs> no. And radio um, stations don't do that radio anymore. Radio stations either. don't no, do that. Do, but they do not. They they do not. And especially, I mean, that was still you know, even at that time, that was a corporate owned station. It wasn't an independently owned station. And they still got away with that. And then when we did uh the Precious Metal album, uh, there's a song on there called uh, Too Much Too Soon. And that song was on rotation on Q for probably the better part of a year in regular rotation with, with, you know, normal famous band songs and stuff. And it's just, it's just unheard of, uh, just unheard of kind of stuff. And it's, it, it's still, it still baffles me. Well, I know. uh, And you you know, Mark, it's crazy because I mean, here we are in 2020 and Rosie's going to be playing the Al Rosa Villa and I'll be doing my podcast from there. <laughs> right? 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 It's, but it's just, it's crazy to think how everything has come. The so more they change, the more, the more they stay yeah, the same. You I know? guess. Yeah. But, so, 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 Mark, we, we, we talked about the guys. We've talked about Rosie. I, I, something I really want to hear from you, something I want to document uh, here for, for so many uh, Columbus Rock fans. How did the, talk about, how did you get into Seeger's band? How did that all go down? Oh boy, where do I start with this? Um, the gods also did something that that no bands. I mean, uh, the the gods the the gods laid the groundwork for all of this stuff. They sure I mean, did. Had had there been no gods, there would have been no Rosie. Um, and not just because of not just because of me being in both bands, but we we set a precedent. This precedent in in 1976. Well, later 76, early 77. That, that no local bands had ever done. I mean, we were we were selling out. We were doing, I mean, overcapacity record crowds at the the Agora here in Columbus. I don't know why. Um, it started out, you know, being a hundred people, two hundred people. Then the next thing you know, um, you know, we we are setting house records in there and having national bands open for us. Uh, we we were in Cream Magazine a couple of times before we got signed, um, and it, I mean it was a it was a just a freaking phenomenon for some reason. So we got uh, and and that's that's back to the WCOL FM, you know the oh, precursor yeah. to Q. Uh, Bob Gooding was the program manager there, um, and uh, Guy Evans was there. Bill Pugh, who ended up being at Q for a long time, was Bill there. Bill Pugh, legend here. And, and those guys, Bob Gooding made some phone calls and he was actually got with our manager and they were calling record labels and record labels were starting to come out and see us at the Agora. We, the gods got signed. I'd never been in a recording studio. We got signed on live performance. We never even did a demo for anybody. So millennium slash Casablanca, uh, ended up signing us 
and Donnie Einer and Jimmy Einer owned that label. Donnie Einer ended up, you know, going, of course, being, you know, uh, uh, running Sony Records in Columbia for a long, long, long time. And uh, they came to see us a second time, and they brought Don Brewer in uh, from Grand Funk and uh, to, to possibly produce us. So Don says, sure, you know, let's do it. So we end up going up and doing the uh, doing our first album at the Grand Funk Studio, which was called The Swamp, up in Michigan, with Donnie producing. Um, and at that time, I actually met I met Mel Shocker, you know, from from Grand Funk then. Yeah. And let me let me preface preface this with you are talking to one of the biggest Grand Funk fans. Oh, awesome. Right on, right that's on, awesome. man. No, no, no. That's it's still still to this day. My high school band, you know, we probably did the whole Closer to Home album and everything else. I mean, oh. I love Grand Funk still to this day. One of, one of my but, dad. Shout out to Pops Hansberry, man. <laughs> your old man. Yeah, dude, oh, yeah, he's dude. got the whole uh, the whole. Collection. He does, man. I remember thumbing they, through those when were, I was a kid. Dudes, man, they were they were they were the shit. They still yeah, are. Still are the yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 don't get their due. But that's a whole other thing. Anyway, um, uh, so I, you know, that's how I met Donnie in in the first place, and I met Mel, and then I met uh, I met Craig Frost at, during that period also, who was their their keyboard player at the time. Yeah. And uh, Grand Funk had broken up by by now, and uh, we went to see. Uh, uh, I I I ended up playing after the first God's album came out. They formed a band called Flint. Uh, with everybody from Grand Funk except for Mark Farner. And I, I went up and I played on that album. And um, I, uh, they had tickets. Uh, Donnie had tickets to, uh, or passes to go see Gino Vanelli at, at, at Cobo Hall. So I was Craig Frost plus one for that show, and that's how I got to know him pretty well, though we didn't stay in contact at all. Then um, Bob Seeger got rid of, we well, hired Craig in 1979 to, to play keyboards. He fired Robin Robbins and um, hired Craig to play keyboards. Then he, then Drew Abbott and David uh, Teagarden left the band in late 82. So Bob was looking for a drummer and a, and a guitar player. Donnie got the drum job and they were still looking at guitar players. They auditioned a gazillion guitar players and Donnie and Craig suggested me. And Donnie Brewer called me up in December of 1982, very early in the morning, and said, hey, it's Don Brewer. Do you want to come audition for Bob Seeger? And um, so I, I did, and, uh, which is kind of sad because – not sad, but it was uh, – Rosie was on the cusp of you – know, we, we had some record interest from Elektra and a, and a couple other labels. And – I had, there was part of me that said, you know, no, let's pursue this rosy thing. Then another part of me said, you know what? I just got, went through all this crap with the gods and I don't want to go through it anymore. And I'm going to go for the money. Very selfish, uh, completely selfish. Uh, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. So I went up and auditioned several times and, uh, and ended up getting, getting the gig. Um, did the 83 tour. And then I didn't do the 87 tour. I was living in California then, and I wasn't really available to do it. And um, then they didn't tour again until 96, and they called back and said, hey, do you want to go tour? And I said, sure. So I uh, 
did everything subsequent, everything after that, even the you know the Rock and Roll, Roll Hall of Fame induction yeah. and all that, all that stuff like that, a uh, bunch of TV shows and all that stuff. And then up until 2011, when um, on the tour break in the middle of that tour, Bob and I had our final falling out, and I left the band, thinking it was over forever, and uh, and and kind of okay with it, sad but okay with it. Um, and then I get a call in 2017 from Bill Blackwell, our his long, long, long time road manager. And his <laughs> first thing he said to me, he goes, Mark, it's Bill Blackwell. Don't hang up on me. <laughs> he goes, he goes, please hear me out. So, uh, I, you know, he said, Bob wants to know if you want to come back up, but to play rhythm guitar now instead of lead guitar. And I said, you know, let me, let me think about it for a day. And, and I, I honestly wasn't going to do it. I, uh, I, I just didn't want. I just didn't want to do it. But my, my wife and my mom kind of talked me into it. So, there you go. Man, oh man! <laughs> and were were you? I'm sorry if I missed it. Were you on any of the records or so, just tour with them? I am on. Uh, he uses, you know, even with the actual actual what we call the cover boys, the actual band members, even when their pictures are on the record, most of that is session guys on mm. there. Um, I am on the Like a Rock album. Fortunate Son, right? Fortunate Son. That's a killer and, version, uh, Mark. Yeah, nice. Oh, I love Thank it. you. Uh, and then I'm on the brand new album. Uh, I'm on three songs on the brand new album and co-writer on one song on the uh, on, on the brand new album. So because Craig Frost and I write songs together and we presented Bob with some songs and he took one Very and cool. put lyrics to it. And so I... I actually got co-writer, you know, co-writer credits on uh, on a song on a Bob Seger album, which may get me a tank of gas. Sometimes. Yeah, say, say, there's, your, there's your money right Stop there, baby. <laughs> so there's no money to be made in the record business anymore. It's just not there, right? So, yeah, nor in radio, you know. Mark. Well, quite well, uh, so, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Rosie, the end of an era at the Al Rosa Villa, Friday, May 1st, Saturday, May 2nd, absolute Columbus rock royalty. Thanks for sharing these stories, guitarist Mark Chatfield. Oh, you're quite welcome. It was a, it was a blast, and I hope I didn't bore you too bad. <laughs> no way, man. What'd you think of that, Hansberry? Right? Mark Chatfield, dude. A page out of history. Rock and roll history. Yeah, turn the page if you Hey if now. You will. Right? See and, what you did there. And for him to, to talk about it, and here we come full circle again with the Al Rosa Villa when we had just, remember our, the, the, that was a, the project, the, the, the Pantera dime bag and the Al Rosa Villa fan's journey. I mean, this is, here we find ourselves the final show at the Al Rosa Villa. Uh, Rosie's going to be playing that, and we are, and you heard Mark. Mark's giving us clearance. We're going to get to go and and, and uh, do our podcast. We'll call the Knights of the Rock Table. Mm-hmm. I think we'll gather kind of, gather the troops. I think it's that kind of evening, man. <laughs> stay, stay tuned. We'll promote the hell out of it in the next few yes. weeks. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure, man. So what what I was thinking, and you're you know your producer extraordinaire, you'll be able to find well, this you. rather quickly. But remember that part in the uh, the Pantera Dimebag and Al Rosa. Uh, series where I think it was like it was Chris Lamarca, it was Joe Veers, I want to say yeah. Soga, yeah, where they were describing yes. Yes. the Al Rosa Villa when yes. you walk in, giving you that whole experience. We got to play that. We yeah. got to close this show with Absolutely. That. And let me do the shameless plug. Do it, brother. L- listen to that, that whole five part series uh, available uh, on our vi- vinyl analysis archives. It's just a great way to celebrate that scene and get amped for this Rosie show, no man. No kidding, man. No kidding.
Uh, this has been Vinyl Analysis. That is producer Greg Hansberry. Yep. I'm Arch Madness. Stay frosty. <laughs> First thing is, I would never, ever, <laughs> ever show up to the Al Rosa before 11 o'clock unless I was in the opening band. It's like I'm still doing my hair till like 1030. <laughs> so the first thing you do is you walk into the bar and you see, you would see Diane. And Diane would be the one who would check your ID. And she's gorgeous. Rick's sister Diane is always there. And she takes your ID and makes, you know, small talk with whoever's sitting in there with her. Of course, I'd say hi to, to Diane. And uh, Cindy Wise, all right? And nobody got in the Al Rosa for free unless they were in the band. They were tight. And even though they were like family, they wanted that loot. And a lot of people <laughs> tried to get in. Right, right. And it was like, what was it, like $4 or something? Maybe less. I don't know. And then you walk in and there's pool tables on your right and the bars on your left. And it's an awesome, probably 40, 50 foot long bar. And uh, everybody would be sitting at the bar. Most of the musicians would be sitting at the end of the bar. You pose at the bar, you say hi to everybody in the bar. Whether it's a guy in another band, which is, everybody was in a band, you know, especially at the Al Rosa. As you'd walk to the side, you'd see the sound man would be on the side, on the left, and then the audience would be up around the top, and then you'd have like three or four steps that go down into like a pit area and then the stage would be right there and that's the best spot to hang and listen to any show is right kind of near the edge of the steps where you go down is where it sounds the best you know it was, it was carpeted stage which you didn't see much uh very, that whole place was carpeted it was it was strange but it had it it dealt really well with the acoustics in there so that the club actually sounded great it wasn't like playing in a garage you know and of course the first thing you do is you try to go down front to find a table so you can store your leather jacket and your, you know, your little bottle of whatever, and stash your stuff. Then get up to the bar and you know hang out, drink beer, and stand on the corner of the bar, watch guitar players, and say I can do that better about anyone. <laughs> it was just crazy time. And then there's dressing rooms on the right and left. So you know before a band would go on, you'd see that light of the stage door open up and you know the band was going to be coming on real soon. And pretty much that was like the the whole idea. That bar was kind of hanging out and waiting for the the band to come out. And you see those those doors would open up and then it would be, you know, Twisted Sister or it'd be whoever would come out. But yeah, it was it was an awesome time. It's just an it's it's like if there's a picture of rock club for the dictionary, you should just take a picture of the Al Rosa when it's when the lights are on and stage is set up and it just it just looks like a dirty rock club it's an unbelievable place um and that opinion is shared by some of the most famous musicians on the planet that have played in there people love that place it's legendary all over the country um and spoken really very highly of regardless of you know the things that have happened there in the in the past but uh yeah it's 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 i don't know if I had to pick my favorite place in this town to go see a show, it would be there. There's no place else that has that vibe, energy. It's that situation where you're completely unobstructed view wherever you stand because it's wide open. And you can stand in the back or you can be in the front and you still feel like you're part of what's going on. 
especially when it's completely jammed full of people. I don't know something something that works there. It's it's just a it's a magical magical place. Some of my best friends, Bob Keck, guy. I've known ever since then. I met him at the bar there, and, yeah. and the bands we saw, and and just holy shit, Blackie Lawless is here tonight, and Heck and yeah. just the friends you made there, and and the memories and stuff. It's there was like no other place I've ever been in my life. It was no crazy, other place, man. It was it, still some of my best friends. Is. So I mean, people can make this happen again. It's just the right people got to get involved. I don't know if you're a promoter out there or not, but if you are, call Johnny Catella. You know, right on, man. Make that shit happen.